Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are extremely pleasant, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird? So Jonah, I was thinking about when we were kids and we were told that we could never get tattoos because we wouldn't be allowed to be eventually buried in a Jewish cemetery. Do you remember mom telling us that? Yeah, I remember like all of my friends getting tattoos and me feeling like totally like I had to choose between like being buried with my family or (laughs) getting like Operation IV tattoo. And it was a tough decision, but I was like too scared to do it because it seemed too big of a thing. Yeah, you particularly had friends who were like, you were the only one of your friends who didn't have tattoos. None of my friends really had tattoos. And then the first Women's March happened and all of my friends from like growing up, my closest friends were like, we're all going to get like tattoos like that are like pro-women and stuff. And I was like, yeah, guys, I'd love to join you, but I got to be buried in a Jewish cemetery. And I'm fully in my 30s at this point. 
And I feel like I even mentioned it to you. And I was like, Jonah, I can't. Mom would like free. And you were like, you totally could. And mom wouldn't like it wouldn't be that big of a deal to her. And I realized that I was kind of using it as a crutch because I, in fact, didn't want to get a tattoo. Yeah. And I don't think I haven't done a lot of research, but I don't think that that could be true about the Jewish cemetery thing because so many people there. No one would be able to be buried there. I mean, I think it has changed a lot. Yeah. I think it's like an old wives tale that Jewish parents tell their kids to to try to keep them. I mean, maybe there is some history to it, so I don't want to. Sure. But I feel like like it would have to be a really strict cemetery to say like turn you away <laughs> to turn you away yeah i think so now jonah you actually have a tattoo now i do you didn't get one when you were like in your like height of your punk days which is impressive no which is so great there were many band logos i wanted to get tattooed on me throughout my teenage and my 20s you know operation ivy you know yeah you've brought that up a couple times that seems like that was the lead Op ivy i like their logos it's kind of like guy this outline silhouette this guy but yeah i mean everyone had black flag tattoos a lot of straight edge tattoos so many so many different band tattoos i didn't get any and then when my wife and i to celebrate our marriage we got matching tattoos and that was their hand poke tattoos we got them and that was really special and so it, it feels good to have a tattoo that i'm really proud of and not embarrassed of yeah i'm sure if i had gotten any of these band logos in my 20s i would feel probably not super psyched about it but at the time i really felt like i was like missing out yeah and and do you want to share you don't have to but like i just don't want people to think i mean you got really cool tattoos yeah it's like a japanese knot and I think it means good luck. Yeah, it's really nice. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I think this is a really perfect time to introduce our guest today who's, ugh, gosh, we're so lucky to have him. Okay. And not only is he a friend that we love very much, and that's the truth, buddy, you better believe it. He's an unbelievable comedian, actor, writer. He's known for his incredibly hilarious work on shows such as, um, I don't know, Saturday Night Live, you may have heard of it. Or for creating the NBC comedy series AP Bio. Please welcome one of the funniest people truly that I've ever met, Mike O'Brien. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. I love you guys, too. So good to see you, Mike. It looked like you were referencing like a Wikipedia or something off (laughs) off camera. I didn't want to like miss out on any accuracy of stuff. You you checked it for SNL. We worked together (laughs) for like five years. I was checking it because the thing I had written down said, 2018 NBC comedy series AP Bio. And as I was coming up to that, I was like, don't say 2018. <laughs> <laughs> the 2018 smash hit that was canceled in 18 and then came back. Well, the other thing is that Wikipedia, whenever we introduce guests, even when there are good friends such as yourself, if we try and like be really professional, have everything in front of us, Wikipedia says everyone's like if they're American, says they're American. So it says like if you looked yourself up, it would be like, is an American comedian? And so like we've made the mistake before of like introducing people as like American, American. comedians or actors or whatever. Mike, just for the record, Mike, you are American. I am. Yeah. The, okay. The, the Wikipedia nailed it on that okay. one for me. Yeah. Because they get stuff wrong sometimes. So we just wanted to fact check that. They do get stuff wrong sometimes. They do. I, I think they have me 10 years younger right now but yeah the the tricky thing is always canadians can you can be friends with a canadian for like eight years and then find out they're canadian usually it's it's a little in your face but there's quiet ones that uh (laughs) will sneak up on you i guess we'll have to take that out (laughs) i demand you leave it in (laughs) it's staying in it's staying in i i had always heard that by the way about jewish cemeteries and have been fascinated by it. So it was interesting to hear you guys talk about that 
and and whether yeah how real it is yeah it just can't be real and i also like remember even like meeting people in college like meeting guys in college that were jewish that had tattoos and being like this is a bad guy like he's his mom is probably so upset well and I I was going to say, is there being Catholic, there's some obsession with being buried close together because of this like thriller video Bible passage that says we're all going to crawl out of the graves and hang out together when Jesus comes back? Oh, we don't have that. You guys don't have that, but you do have a lot of like, like my mom recently bought eight graves in our hometown for us and emailed us like, I got you a grave. And we're like, eight's a weird number. I have seven nieces and nephews. Like who's who's going in those? It's probably me and my parents will be the only thriller video dancers together. That stuff is really tricky because also people want to be in the same city that their family can visit them in, but also they want to be with, you know, relatives from the past. So it's, I don't think we have the thriller thing, but I think it's very sweet. (laughs) Speaking of tattoos, now you've got some of my favorite tattoos on the planet. And I think something that Jonah was speaking to earlier about like him wanting to get those Operation Ivy tattoos and stuff and not doing it. You kind of took the opposite approach to that. Do you mind talking through that? Because it's it's pretty incredible. Yeah, the uh, I had the same journey as Jonah where I had a bunch of almost tattoos I got. I almost got the outline of Ireland. I was really into reading about the IRA for a while. And I think at the time I was pro IRA, I I hadn't read any Buddhist books yet. And then um, (laughs) I rode in college and I almost got an oar. I almost got the state of Michigan. A lot of things that were very, very cool and permanent feeling to me as a 21, 23 year old, 18 year old, whatever. Within three years or so, I was like, God, I'm so glad I don't have like an oar going across the United States on my arm. (laughs) 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 As I like now I'm 25 years out from sitting in a boat or something like that. And so I was like, but I was obsessed with getting tattoos. So I was like, I should just get dumb ones. And the thought was that I would regret them on the way out of getting them on the way out of the shop (laughs) instead of 10 years later, awkwardly starting to regret this thing that you used to like. And so the first one that was that was um, I got NSYNC on my shoulder when I was like 24. And it's they're kind of like with the N and then the star. I think it might be their Bye 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 logo. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And then I, I've gotten five or six others that are all jokes like that. They mean nothing. And I actually, ironically, haven't regretted any of them. I like them all. They, they make me laugh. They remind me of fun times. But every one of them, the tattoo artist is always like, I never do this because we want your money. But, <laughs> <laughs> but are you sure that that guy was like, I don't always do bands. Is this? <laughs> and I was like, it's intentionally not a band I like. And he was like, okay, I'm not sure. Okay. I'll do it. Uh, Just give us the money. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. I feel like that is really good logic because it's like, if you do immediately not think it's cool, then it's like, I don't know. It's like really fun. I I really, I find that to be very refreshing. And there's one on your back that, you know, is also really incredible homage to your childhood, (laughs) I guess. Yeah. So then I got one, two, three other small ones. The one on my back that was the final one I got. It was a, it's a big back piece. And it was also the one that kind of broke me because it was all the other ones are kind of small and took like 15 minutes. And then this was like a seven or eight hour one. I broke it up into a lot of visits because 
I was a wimp about. It was so painful. The pain, yeah. I'd never sat for a full hour and it starts to wear on you. I'm just soaked in sweat and everything, but it's a fake like engagement tattoo. And it says Michael and Anne-Marie. Oh, wait, sorry. It has a, a Dave Matthews lyric. It says into your heart, I'll beat again or I beat again. And then below it, it says Michael and Anne-Marie forever and ever and ever. And then it has an image of like two dolphins um, and their fins kind of make a heart. They're like, you know, jumping in the air. Yeah. And then it was like, uh, while we were at SNL, so it was, I had, I was able to spend more than 40 bucks on it. It was like a good artist. And then he just filled out the rest of my back with these amazing swirls and stuff. So that one kind of embodies like what they're all about. Like, I like how they look and that they're cool. And then it, means nothing to me. Anne-Marie was a nun I hated in grade school, Sister Anne-Marie. She was really mean to me. And uh, <laughs> and so there is no Anne-Marie, but the idea was that I would tell people, I'm like, yeah, I was really close to marrying this girl and it didn't work out, but we love DMB and dolphins and that. And then she ended up going out with someone else. But, um, <laughs> but that one ha- is filled with art. Yeah. And I think really cool looking and everything, but broke me physically. I'm sure it was so time consuming. Yeah. And painful. I would dread them. I'd be like, I, I did them like once a week. I would do them on Fridays while we were working. And I'd be like, oh shit, tomorrow I have that thing where I have to lay in pain for like an hour, hour, 20 minutes while everyone else in the place shows no sign. Like that's another, it's a very macho vibe in a lot of tattoo parlors. So there were just people getting a little reworked on their full sleeve and they're like scrolling on their phone and I would like, I'd have to lay on my stomach and I would just squeeze this pillow really hard and count to 10 every time he was going. <laughs> it was not a tough, cool thing. But that tattoo artist got on board. He was like, who's Anne-Marie? But he asked that after the first day and he'd done a lot of the black outline. And so Anne-Marie was on my back forever. And he said, who's Anne-Marie, by the way? And I said, oh, it's fake. Uh, it's a joke. And he was like, oh, good. I don't really like doing like significant other names, specific names. But he said that after it was done. <laughs> like, Yeah, that's kind of weird. Well, I've never seen it, but I'd love to. Really? Yeah, I've only ever seen it when it was the black and white outline. I never saw it once it was filled in and with all the other artwork around it. So I'll show you when we wrap the podcast, but are still on the Zoom? Or? Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds great. Okay. Mike, what were some of the bands? Like, I know you are on my friend Tom's podcast, Washed Up Emo, talking about Rainer Maria and Avail years ago. I mean, who were some of the bands like you would have liked to get tattooed during that era? I feel a good, like a good black letter Avail is solid. Yeah. I don't know what the image would be because you're right. Like Operation Ivy has an image with it, which by the way, as you described it, I realized was maybe a cousin of the ICP Hatchet Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could be right. Those guys are related. The the models who posed for the two <laughs> logos, but I was all obsessed with Dillinger 4 and going to see them a lot. I don't know what the tattoo would be. Who else? Yeah, I I saw Avail so many times. I mean, this would have been like before their first album came out, me and my friends saw Rage Against the Machine. Wow. And then their logo being the typewriter courier or whatever. I feel like Mm -hmm. if I'd gotten offered, I would have done. And I'm so glad because even within a few years, I was like, these guys are kind of a lot. I agree with everything they stand for, but seeing them blind opening for House of Pain and then House of Pain was terrible. And this new band that didn't have an album out was so good. And that blew our minds, obviously. And so I would have, if that night they said on the way out, we'll give you a free courier font rage on your forearm. You would have done it. It would have been tough to turn down. Yeah. Were you there to see House of Pain? Like, were you just feeling jump around a lot? And you're like, oh, there's some band is opening for them. I guess we'll check it out. Yeah, I think... 
I, I was, I was a <laughs> freshman and it, it was, I'd become friends with some older juniors and seniors. And I think they may have known about rage a little bit and been excited about okay. that. But mostly the four of us were in a car driving an hour and a half to see literally house of pain. And it was not a joke. And, but we left, Oh, that's nothing. That's bad. And that opening group actually has a lot of potential. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. But they were, yeah, they were bad. I also saw in the same venue, like a year later, Rage and Cypress Hill. That was a much better show. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. And, you know, one of the bands that really loves you that you mentioned briefly just now that I went to a show with you and I don't know that I would have gone otherwise is Insane Clown Posse. Because you were writing these sketches on SNL that were like kind of related to, they were sort of. They were a parody of the video that ICP puts out once a year to advertise their big festival. Right. That's right. That's right. Jost and I would write those. uh, Then they got it in their heads that this was a route to being the music guest on SNL. And so they started inviting all of us to anything we would come to. And you and John Solomon were two of the only, and Shelly Gassman only people who were like, I'm not related to the writing of that sketch at all, but I will go to <laughs> see them in Manhattan. And the walls are covered in pl- garbage bags because they they spray you with Fago and the whole thing. And yeah. Yeah. they Which is like an orange soda or something. Or a, It's a lot of different flavors. It's a lot of yeah. different flavors. Okay. And then I remember we were standing all the way in the back and still I got hit with Fago because it was like, you kind of weren't safe from Fago no matter where you were. That's so, I mean, I they also genuinely were like... I think so into you and that like you and Jost were like bringing them into, you know, parodying them or whatever. And so I remember going backstage after and they like still had their makeup on, but they were so nice. <laughs> you know, like these guys that look like so scary and are like made up and like this clown makeup. And they were like, hey, it's so nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I interviewed them for seven minutes in heaven and they both have like 18 year old sons and daughters <laughs> and everything. They're like way out of the phase where that makeup made sense, but they have to keep wearing it. Yeah. But I mean, I also think it's good for them because like, I don't know if they've aged or not, but like they look the same under that makeup, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They look amazing. They look amazing. And so do you. And with that, we're going to take our first commercial break <laughs> and we'll be back with Mike O'Brien. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back. And Mike, I just want to say that that in preparation of you coming on, I, I rewatched your SNL sketch, The Jay-Z Story, and one of the funniest so things funny. ever. I mean, so incredible. How do you kind of look back on that? Thank you, first of all. I really fondly, I mean, it was literally, I did an exercise recently that was like trying to list my best 10 days of my life that I think is interesting to do. And shooting that made it because it was all shot in one day, as always, but it was in a van with me and Matt Nas and we've since lost that director Matt Valines and so it's this really fun memory of running around shooting that all over Brooklyn and Manhattan and stuff and we like I think that's okay to say at this point shot like illegally without a license or whatever on the Brooklyn Bridge and stuff so it was like grab a shot grab a shot okay get back in the van and it was like that kind of day all day and then our friend Jason Sudeikis had tickets that night to oh, wow, this is going to come back around. Run the Jewels opening for Jack White at MSG, and it was great. And Zach De La Rocha was with Run the Jewels because they have that song together. And we had backstage passes, and I was too scared to go up to Zach and tell him that I almost would have but didn't get a tattoo of him <laughs> of his <laughs> but that was it was just like an exhausting but amazing like 12 hour day that you get once in a while when you're lucky enough to do that job so i love it i don't watch the video usually but i think about that day and journal about it in my 10 best days that's so great that's a cool idea i've never thought about it. never heard yeah. of doing that that's it yeah that seems really really cool and just for people who might not know this i mean you were such a popular and big improviser in Chicago. I don't know why I use the word popular. I just mean like you were such a well-known improviser in Chicago and you always did such funny, unique shows and you were such a good improv teacher and stuff. That's when we met. And there was this one show you did and I think you did it in Chicago, but you might've done it in New York. And I went to it 
with my mom and it was like I think of- I was with you also. Oh, I yeah. think it was at UCB. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry, Jonah, that I was taking you out of this memory. It's okay. But we were all at UCB seeing you and it was this one man show you did where you, one of the things you did was you took like cookie, like a Chips Ahoy, like you took the cookies out of the bag, like what do you call it? Like the, the sleeve, the sleeve, the hard sleeve thing out of the bag. And then you try to put it back in. And it was so funny. And our mom was like laughing. So hard. she thought it was so funny. That's so great to hear. I love your parents. I got to meet them. I felt like every time my parents came to SNL, your parents were there too. And it was always really <laughs> yeah. fun. And they were asking about them recently. But yeah, that was a bit from a sketch show I did with Peter Gross and TJ Jagodowski was directing. And it was very minimal. There was Someone had to be knocking at the door. And so I think the thought was that the person was sneaking the cookies. And if he turned the tray around and put them back in, then someone peeking at the cookies would think that they were full <laughs> right, right. when they were half full. And um, but they're, it's very hard to do that physically <laughs> since that sketch Chips Ahoy has kind of righted itself. And now you have kind of a peel top. If you right. Can picture. Right. So it kind of is irrelevant. They, I don't know if they went to UCB that night and were like, oh, this is a, this is a valid point that if you're in a hurry and your hands are sweaty, you're not going to be able to slide that tray back in the plastic wrapping well. I think if they really were smart, they would have hired you to do a commercial where you do that sketch and then they would have done that like at parties and stuff. I, at the time, would have foolishly turned them down because remember when we were speaking of nostalgia, there was a point where all comedians were like, I will never do a commercial. (laughs) And now literally all of my 10 best friends are on my TV at all times being like, is your mobile connection bad? (laughs) (laughs) Not to mention TJ and Pete from that show did 20 years as the Sonic guys in the car. And I don't judge anyone anymore, but it was a very punk rock decision. We all thought we were really big. I would like do some auditions, but I hated it. And I was like, I don't know what I'll do if I even get this because it's a commercial. There is a whole thing in Chicago where like everyone's so pure about like improv that it's like you can't use your your comedy and your improv skills to sell stuff like that's that's garbage, you know, and it is funny. Like I remember because the only thing you could really audition for on TV in Chicago was commercials. So it was like, I mean, there was a few other things, but, but in terms of like television, it was mostly they were casting commercials. And I just remember there were like certain companies that a bunch of my friends were like, I never, I never auditioned for those commercials because like, I don't want their money. And it's like, we were all so poor. And it was like, (laughs) really? (laughs) It's such a fine line because uh, people were doing corporate gigs Mm -hmm. where you literally go and literally sing and dance in front of like IBM to entertain (laughs) them as they eat like steak lunches at 11 a.m. or something. And that was okay because that was live theater. But commercials weren't like the whole thing. Yeah. I think it was it was very um, early 20s to to take any stands like that. <laughs> yeah, I think totally. it's kind of like a similar thing in music with like signing to a major label or all the stuff that was so kind of taboo in the early 2000s if you're into punk. And now it's like no one really cares. About, it's like not really even a thing. Yeah. Is that no longer like with a, a cool band? They, they don't lose street cred if they get signed to a major? No, not at all. And. And our friend Dan Ozzy just wrote a book about it called Sellout, where he tells the stories of these early 2000s and late 90s bands that do it. And yeah, it's not really it's not really a thing anymore because I feel like popular bands can also just put stuff out themselves. Oh, right. Or or they're on some late. But I don't think that people today, like younger listeners, are even like 
really paying attention to what label something's it's not like the signifier it was for us kind of growing up it was such a big thing and i i wasn't a big fan of them but green day lost a lot of my classmates when they they sold out and i feel like yeah nirvana got a similar those were in the prime time of like oh yeah well they're really popular and should they be able to make like a couple thousand dollars it's like no yeah they should be playing just because they like those chords (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i think with every sort of art there's this whole kind of like purity versus like credibility and commercialism and then yeah i think it's the same kind of thing and then as you kind of get older you get a little more perspective on it i guess well speaking of corporate stuff (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i i don't know how this is going to work, this segue. I'm not sure either, but I'm figuring it out as I go. We asked you to come in with a topic, to, a nostalgic topic to talk about today. And something you wanted to talk about was the idea of saving UPC symbols to get things for free, which does feel like a real thing that was happening a lot when we were kids. Like, save your proof of purchase or whatever and you could get like whatever and and is that something that you used to do a lot no not really but one time my parents made us do it (laughs) they found out that there was like this offer cheerios was doing where if you saved enough of their upc symbols you could get some bus tickets and there was this like nightmare experience we had where First, the four kids ate jumbo boxes of Cheerios forever. It, it didn't work on the normal size box. They had to be those <laughs> like big ones. By the way, were they Honey Nut or were they regular Cheerios? They were regular. Oh, okay. And I, I have an image that my mom bought all the ones we would need to cover six bus tickets first. So our kitchen also had Cheerios stacked against the wall all <laughs> the way up to the ceiling. And we were just like working and it. it was like anyone who can eat some Cheerios, if you can eat some more Cheerios. And that meant we had a bus ride from Detroit to Boston, which is a 24 hour straight shot. <laughs> That's just hell. My 6'5 dad just crammed on this little bus. I overflowed a a toilet in (laughs) Pittsburgh or somewhere. Like, it was a truly hellish 24 hours, even for, like, a kid. Like, my back was fine at the time. And and then we had something like eight or nine hours in Boston. And exhausted from the bus ride, we tried to see, like, uh, the Freedom Trail. And then we got back on a freaking, what are they called, the the main bus with a greyhound or yeah a greyhound and did 24 hours back home and that was our reward from like a year of cheerios and the whole thing was like cutting those out and putting them in an envelope and mailing it there and they're like yeah here's some bus tickets that like it's it's you guys are homeless people that want (laughs) so like have at it so it was like so traumatic to me and i even as a kid was like not liking it but but it was a big thing did you guys ever do that wait i just want to ask so you you didn't stay overnight because you were truly (laughs) trying to make it free so it was like we'll time it out so we get there in the morning and we leave at night but each way was 24 hours that's right yeah (laughs) yeah just full hell because if you got it for six people you'd have to get a couple hotel rooms and then by that time you're yeah you've defeated the purpose of we got a free trip to boston yeah (laughs) was it was this presented to you like this is an exciting thing like we're yes. like boston okay yeah and like we're close we're halfway and then we get to go to boston and none of us we have no connections to boston <laughs> i i don't know why i should ask them now why they picked that city why it was such a thing and we have to be the only people that took them up on this well, I know <laughs> offer I was gonna because say. the volume we didn't like all four kids were like 
I don't want to eat Cheerios. And I never have again. I've never had them again. <laughs> for a year, I had them twice a day. <laughs> well, it's crazy too, because I bet they were like maybe one to two people at a time would do. But it's like to get six people tickets, that's so many boxes. Of, like that's so ambitious. Yeah, they probably were like, here's a, a reasonable amount. And then you get two tickets. And yeah, we had to get six. To six so they're like, use your little your little mouths and stomachs, kids. <laughs> get to work. Wow. Well, it's interesting because our parents will drive like an hour and a half to another city to get like a better deal on a flight. Uh-huh. Right, right, right. So, which I feel so. So I'm sort of surprised we didn't try to do anything like this because it seems like sort of like the next logical step. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised too. I, I, I wonder if we did do something like this. We just aren't totally remembering. But we were trying to think of if we personally ever did this kind of stuff when we were kids. And the only example I could think of was <laughs> Jonah... I think you used to cut out camel UPC camel or in Marlboro. Like- I felt like like Marlboro and camel like merch was really cool in like the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> I never really smoked. I never smoked. I mean, I tried it a few times. But I was never like a smoker, but I had a Marlboro hat that I would like wear with like my kind of like po- I had a ponytail coming out the back with a side <laughs> shave, and I might have gotten the hat from Miles, but I feel like I would just collect them from other people or get them out of the garbage. Well, I think that what happened was when by Miles did you mean Marlboro Miles? Yeah, that was what they called the UPC. Oh, got it. Got it. Okay. They were called like Marlboro Miles. Okay. Because our family always got Rolling Stone magazine since we were little. Oh, yeah. And so I think I remember in Rolling Stone, there'd be like these really elaborate camel cigarette ads. Joe Camel. Yep. Joe Camel. Yep. And then they would have like UPC codes and it would be like, you can get like a t-shirt or like a sweatshirt or like a beer koozie. You could get like, you could get like a cooler or like a cool backpack or like, and it was definitely like marketed towards like kids. Yeah. Because no adult would probably be like, I got to wear this thing. Yeah. Yeah. It only seemed cool as a kid. And it was also like a cartoon. And I I don't think, I think they're not allowed to do that anymore. Right. I think they, they clamped down on Joe for that reason. Yeah. Uh, For one thing, he was a a little phallic, but separately, he also (laughs) was like wearing sunglasses and hanging out with Chester Cheetah. And they're like, this is for kids. But yeah, my brother would start, older brother started chain smoking at like 15 and he was doing multiple packs a day. And we I remember thinking it was very cool that he smoked enough that he was able to get a windbreaker. And it was like <laughs> it was like paper. It didn't feel like how a windbreaker feels like slippery. Yeah. It was like, you know, the difference in photos between matte and glossy. Yeah. Windbreakers should be glossy. And this was matte. It was somehow <laughs> like you could tear it really easily. And he he smoked like 20 cases to get it or something like and I guess mailed in UPC but you could get them from magazines too yeah you could get from magazines and another thing that I did that's kind of like this is I don't know if you guys ever tried this Vanessa do you remember in Cleveland the winking lizard yes uh, there's this bar kind- well. it's, a ch- it's a chain <laughs> it's a chain of like bar restaurants that are known for like their wings and stuff yeah they're known for their wings and stuff but I remember going to one I remember who I went with when I was like in my 20s and they were like they had like a hundred different kinds of beers there. And they were like, if you get sign up for a beer thing and you drink all hundred beers, you get like a winking lizard jacket. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, we got to do this. Like we had this jacket. And I feel like I got like three beers in. I was like, I'm going to have to spend like a thousand dollars here for this dumb jacket I would never wear. There's all these like imported beers that are like $12. But I remember like I got the paperwork. I was like, okay, well, if I do it, like figuring out if I do two a week for like three. And then I was like, 
like literally like two days into it i was like why am i doing this like i don't even want this stupid jacket <laughs> yeah is the jacket in the lobby for like twenty dollars <laughs> probably you could get it free for five thousand dollars worth of beer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you remember o'brien that there was this sandwich place in chicago that was really close to io that had these sandwiches that came with fries in them and if you like ate like a certain number of them <laughs> You got your name on the wall, but you also maybe got like more of them for free. I I don't remember that. <laughs> Sorry, my brain went to some kind of like hot doggy place or something. And a guy we knew from IO named Jason Chin had a framed letter on the wall that I always wondered if it was a joke. And I think it was serious that he just wrote like, these hot dogs are so good and like typed a letter and signed it and mailed it in the mail to them. I mean, it had to kind of had to be a joke, but <laughs> he seemed he had a sincerity to him that also it could have been that he was like, man, I really enjoyed another uh, hot dog and greasy fries from that, <laughs> like open till 4 a.m. because there's bars around place. I should write a letter and that they found a frame and put a hook on. There were no other letters. <laughs> <laughs> The whole thing, I would always stare at it. I was always there because something had gone horribly wrong. And I was like, I just need any fucking food I can find right now. And then I was like, he wrote a letter? They framed it? (laughs) That is so... But I don't remember the... uh, You eat the fries and you get a photo on the wall. Jonah used to do a thing where... At first, you used to do a thing where you would complain. And you would write a lot of letters, like, complaining. But then you started writing letters complimenting places and i believe well you've both well, you're done saying this you're saying this as if it's in the past tense this is something i still do all the time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there's a certain and i don't know if we should not plug it because hopefully well we don't have any sponsors that are bars at the moment but i feel like you're a what would you call yourself like a not sure what you're trying to say exactly i'm trying to say like for go macro bars like you're an affiliate like you're like a person who brand ambassador i'm an ambassador yeah i, I wrote the, i wrote them a letter trying to get free stuff and then they were like you can sign up to be like an ambassador for us and then i was like well here's my like social media and they were like okay looks great and they sent like a hundred of these like nutrition bars which are great and then when they have a new flavor i'm on some mailing list where they're like i don't think they know who i am but they're like we have a new lemon flavor. If you want a box, let me know. I always say yes. That's incredible. They always send me a box of them. But yeah, I'll write in if I have a bad experience. I'll write in if I have a good experience. My favorite are the replies where I'm clearly fishing for something free and they don't want to give it to me, but they want to acknowledge <laughs> a compliment. So they're like, Jonah, thank you so much for saying how much you like our Chipotle dip. We're so glad you enjoyed it. Please, we hope you continue to enjoy it in, in you know, into the years. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we acknowledge it. We know what you're trying to do, but it's right. not going to work. Yeah. And you're like, I was not looking for like a heartfelt exchange with a corporation. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, that means a ton to everyone over here at Chipotle, <laughs> as well as Dasani Water. Chipotle is actually an interesting one because I don't know if they still do it. There used to be a thing where if you were a band on tour you could call Chipotle ahead of time. You'd be like, I'm the tour manager for this band. Like, and they were supposed to give you free food. <laughs> In the interest of like, just more rock and roll. Yeah, I guess so. It was one of those yeah, weird people things. Would, I saw them. They, they would have like Chipotle unlimited cards. These bands would have. Like, now, this cards. is something wow. different, though. Oh, this is different. This is different. If, yeah. Like, like, because I actually knew someone who was in a really big band who had like this die cut metal card where you could just get free Chipotle. Okay. <laughs> but also, if you were a struggling band, 
you could some call there and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't work. Wow. Okay. But it was like this kind of like unspoken thing. Wow. And just really quickly, Brian, like I've noticed you were kind of a brand ambassador on social media for some fashion brands. I don't know if you, I don't want to mess. I don't want to get in the way yeah, of please, your. Please, 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 please. This is all I got. <laughs> this is all I got. Well, you know what they do? I mean, <laughs> if you look under any of my posts that I used to do about that, someone's always like, this isn't a real thing that the. <laughs> They offer this to tons of people, but they'll just be like, DM us to collab. You look and it's like a thing that's got 40 followers, but they make like diamond bracelets that are like $30 and I get half off if I post about it. So I'm still always giving them money to get like bad windbreakers and (laughs) diamond bracelets that are all under $100. And and then (laughs) I would post about it and I thought that was fun for a while. I was kind of retired, but I was going to come out of retirement for one more because a very special one reached out to me, Adam and Eve. (laughs) They make adult-based clothing and objects. And I was like, that's really funny. And then what I liked about it is they are really hard to become an ambassador for. They like made me like fill out an application where I said how many (laughs) followers I have and they're like you're gonna need to post twice a week for the first three weeks (laughs) and all this and I was like oh I kind of love that this would be maybe my undoing that's very funny well we're gonna take a quick commercial break but we'll be right back Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. 
It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back. So we're going to play a game with you now where we bring up nostalgic, you know, products, shows, et cetera, that are making a comeback. And if you're into them, you can give them a yes nostalgia. Yes nostalgia. And if you're not into them, you can give them a no nostalgia. No nostalgia. Okay. So the first thing that's making a comeback, Jonah, do you want to introduce it? Sure. So what's coming back is Top Gun Maverick. Paramount says Top Gun Maverick will fly into theaters on May 27th, 2022. And also Mission Impossible will come September 30th, 2022, which has been moved a bunch of times. And yeah, Top Gun Maverick. I don't know anything else about it, really. I think I think it's just the idea that, you know, there. this is a sequel to Top Gun. Right. You know, everybody loves Top Gun. Tom Cruise is back. And he's doing another Top Gun. And I guess what we want to know is, are you into it or are you out of it? I predetermined that I was going to go nostalgia to everything. And yet here I am saying yes, nostalgia to this one. I think he can get away with it because he's keeps himself in, in such good condition. Like, I don't want to see a sad Maverick. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard because we were so young when that first one came out and it was such a phenomenon. And now you're like, do I care anymore? And was that character good? I guess it was fine. I don't really remember. You don't care about the character at the time. I just found out that like, I found out what Frenching was from that first movie. Do you remember how he makes out with forgetting, but the leading lady and they kind of showed it in silhouette and they had them like not lock lips. They're like, a little ways away from each other's faces and then they both stick their tongues out and they kind of dance together. Go back and watch it. Wow. Nobody has ever actually quite kissed how they kiss in that movie. <laughs> okay. But to a 10-year-old or whatever, you're like, okay, so kissing isn't just mwah, mwah, mwah. <laughs> like with sweet mommy and sweet Grammy. This sometimes is a thing. You hold your face three inches away and you both stick your tongues out. And gently touch them. <laughs> Check it out, everybody. Again, it's called Top Gun. Wow. Wow. So if they do more of that, I'm a yes you. How about you guys? Well, it's interesting. I'm looking at the cast. You got Ed Harris. You got Val Kilmer again. You got Jennifer Conley, John Hamm. So pretty stacked lineup. And they have said that Kenny Loggins has confirmed that Danger Zone will be used in the sequel. Whoa. Okay. Which it's like, I feel like. It's kind of, how is that news? Like, doesn't that song use them like kind of everything? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I think he's been super stingy with the licensing for that one. Yeah. But yeah, I say why not? I mean, I, I agree. Like, I think we were really young. This movie came out in 1986. So it is like crazy right, to have right, like right. A, a sequel, whatever, like 35 years later. But I say, you know, I would, I would probably watch it if it was, if it was, I wouldn't go to a theater probably to watch it, but if it was on, you know, 
HBO Max or something and I was looking for something to watch, I would I would check it out. So I say, yeah, I'll say yes, Dolja. Why not? What about you, Vanessa? I was just looking up the original cast versus the current cast, too. And, you know, I'm going to give this a yes, Dolja. I, I never really watched this movie when we were little, but it was always my best friend, Gwen, who you both know. It was always Gwen's favorite movie, one of her favorites, that, that and Pretty Woman. And so I always was like, you know, when I would see it on TV, I would like watch snippets of it. But it wasn't it was, it was only a few years ago that I watched the whole thing. Um, and I did not notice the kissing thing, but I guess I've got to rewatch. But I'll give it a, a yes, Dalja, because I, I think I also think like when they bring these movies back and they don't completely change the cast, it's kind of interesting, you know, to see them back like they're doing that with The Matrix, where it's like, yeah, I think if they're waiting long enough to, to do these sequels, they probably with the original cast, they hopefully are. We're in for something good. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't. I like it when they do that. I don't like when they do it where like the original members are now like the parents and like their kids are sort of like <laughs> right. what the show's about. And yeah. you're like, yeah, these are just like some kids. I don't have any connection to them. Right. Like Boy Meets World became Girl Meets World, etc. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for you because you're such a Boy Meets World. Is uh, Gwen still married? She is. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I'm really happy. I'll tell her you said hi or whatever. All right. Next up, <laughs> Vanessa, do you want to introduce the next one? Sure. Now, this next thing that's making a comeback is related to what we were just talking about. There is going to be a Top Gun Barbie. Okay. So here's what it is. This Barbie is based on Natasha, quote, Phoenix Trace. Monica Barbaro will be playing the role of fighter pilot trainee Natasha Phoenix Trace in the upcoming Top Gun film. We don't know much about the character, but according to this According to this article, she's going to be formidable. According Whoa. to the description for the new Barbie doll based on her character, Natasha Trace is a supremely confident and capable pilot at the fiercely competitive Top Gun Flight School. Whip smart and talented, Phoenix commands the respect of her fellow pilots while conquering barriers in and out of the sky. So it's no wonder that Phoenix isn't putting things off any longer. The Barbie collector Top Gun Maverick Phoenix Barbie doll is in stock on Amazon and shipping now for $39.99. So, <laughs> 40 bucks. Top Gun Maverick Barbie doll comes dressed in a jumpsuit, <laughs> jumpsuit with patches, a pilot's helmet, and the essential aviator sunglasses. It also includes a doll stand and a certificate of authenticity. What do you think? Mm, is 40 about normal for a Barbie? This seems expensive, right? I don't I, I know. Think it, I, don't I think know. it's a collector... I, I can't imagine Barbies. Olivia, will you look into I I bet a normal Barbie is like twenty five bucks, right? I don't know. I don't know. I gotta tell everyone something. I'm I'm on Amazon uh-huh. and this Top Gun Barbie Maverick Phoenix is fifty two ninety nine. Gosh. Olivia's saying a regular Barbie is fifteen to twenty dollars. Thank you, Olivia. Yeah. Uh so Mike, what are your thoughts on this this Top Gun Barbie? I'm going nostalgia, both because of the price point we talked about, but There is a bigger area here that I don't feel qualified to talk about, but I would tee up to Vanessa and your female followers to talk about that there was something in that character description that sounded like uh, men writing a cool woman. Uh uh Yeah. And that maybe they had a very, in the first draft, a very blank character and got the note like, also, we want a little bit, know a little bit more about her. And they added words like all the things in the confident, yeah, whip smart, whip smart, and doing her own thing, kind of. But if we asked you three quick questions about her, we might (laughs) stump the writers or whatever. But like, I'm not perfect in this realm. Nobody is, I guess. We're all human. That's enough disclaimers, right? That felt like the most like 
But the flip side of that is I trying to be feminist in both ways. I think they're more female action figures aren't bad. Like for a kid to have this cool ass, you know, Ray or whatever her name is or something like, I think that's cool. But this one's sounded a little flat. Maybe when we see it, we'll be like, oh, this was clearly the original nugget. But she sounds like a rewrite to me. Got it. So it's a nostalgia for you. Right. Vanessa, what about you? You know, I would say for me, I hear what you're saying. It is when you reread the description they gave of it, it's all kind of they're all saying the same thing that she's like confident and smart and smart and confident. I, I, I think it's not a bad idea, as you said, to add like an, a more of an action figure to the Barbie world, but also obviously Barbies are problematic for a bunch of reasons. Cause you know, I, I loved Barbies growing up, but like she's obviously still going to have like a very typical Barbie look. So it's sort of, I, I'm assuming it could be wrong. So I look, I guess I'm a yes nostalgia for it. Because I, like you said, I think it's cool to have a Barbie who has, who's, you know, an aviator kind of a Barbie that's, you know, you said an action figure, but am I going to be buying it? No, because I'm an adult, but also because it's because I don't want it. (laughs) Fair enough. This is not a sponsor, right? No, not anymore. (laughs) Jonah, what about you? I've been doing some more research. You know, this doll is sold out a lot of places and uh, a lot of people are upset about the way it's been shipped, if it's been damn. <laughs> Basically, I think a lot of people are in this to like for the collectability and maybe to resell it. They're not really in it for the Maverick character. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're in it more to flip it. And that's not really what Top Gun's about. That's yeah. not really what collecting's about. And I, I got to give this a nostalgia. I just, to me, it's just, you know, just, just a marketing thing. And, and, uh, well, I think it's a, you know, People like it. That's that's great. It doesn't hurt me. I just think it's you know. Do we do we need this? Is it, you know, how many of these things are you, are you really going to flip this? How much is this going to be worth? <laughs> if so, maybe I should get one. I don't know. They're fifty two <laughs> bucks on Amazon. Maybe that's a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Okay, now we've got one more topic to ask you about. <laughs> one more. But lightly more general. This is a little more general. We want to ask you about yesterday nostalgia on oversized fur or faux fur coats. Yeah, big, big, big fur, fur coats, coats during Fashion Week in, in Paris. You know, I, I'm sure you're aware of this. There are a lot of new products. The fur coats displayed were distinguished by craftsmanship, boundless style and creativity. Uh-huh. And, you know, this article says that some gone out of fashion, some come back. These fur coats are apparently back, right. back in fashion. Uh, that's a big trend for this season. What are your thoughts? Real fur, fake fur, just fur in general? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm the one who sent you that article. I mean, (laughs) yes, I know about the fur coats in Paris recently. (laughs) I would say fur is murder. And I think real fur coats are dumb. And there's lots of cool ass ways to keep yourself warm and look really cool without like, I I haven't done the research, but I think it's like a hundred minks or something that have to die every time or whatever. I love minks. They're always... (laughs) In some, your favorite. in some muddy riverbank. Those are good animals. But yeah, I do think it's a bad industry. And it's crazy that it's coming back because it is a very nostalgic thought of like when the world turned on that. It was like 30 years ago that we all were like, oh, these are yeah, these are for bad people. But as far as faux fur, I think that might be cool. I think sometimes that look is good. I'm thinking like, it was it ever a way? I feel like you guys were all in for for um the rapping gals we're all going home for christmas yeah we wore a lot of faux fur for that but i guess the thing is that it's now like they were saying this article that we're talking about is 
extremely long and really weirdly talks about this stuff. But they're saying like this faux fur jacket was in the new Prada show. Like, I think maybe something that I'm kind of gleaning from this article is that like, you know, whereas faux fur used to be like kind of like a lower end thing. Now these more like high end labels are are embracing it and doing these big, but like the shape of, you know, like in the eighties, how like, women would wear those fur coats that were like so huge with like the huge shoulder pad. Like, I think that's making a comeback is like those really big fur coats. But with now with faux? Some with faux. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think some of them are faux and some are real. I'm nostalgia to the faux ones. I, I think I always take like six months to rewarm to the eighties type things that always come back. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, Oh, we're doing stonewashed again. It, Cause it's often being worn by someone who wasn't around the first time around. And right. you're like, is it funny to you? We already <laughs> thought it was funny by the end of its time. Right. We, we did this joke, <laughs> yeah. but then after a while you're like, your taste just adapts and you're like, that looks good. That's cool. So I would probably do that with faux fur as well but i also like and i i don't think they were doing this in paris but like a good like fur or fake sheepskin lining in like a jacket or around the collar or a jacket, like a light hint of it can sometimes mm-hmm. be nice but again i don't think we need to use a uh sentient beings for that i'm listening to a lot of buddhist books jonah uh, i'll check see if you've read them. i feel like they're up your alley cool yeah i love love reading about Buddhist books. I have I have a bunch here, and 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 not surprisingly, I'm I'm on the same page as Mike here. Yeah, I think fur coats are not good, and people shouldn't buy them. And fake fur is okay. Sometimes it can be hard to tell the difference. I guess you'd also don't want to be wearing fake fur, and people to think you're wearing real fur. But yeah, I think fake fur can be good. I think I think it's especially if you're somewhere cold. But yeah, don't buy real fur because it's not good. Vanessa, what about you? I would call it faux fur. Faux fur. And what was I calling it? Fake fur? Just kidding. <laughs> it's hard for me to say faux fur. It's a little more stylish to say faux fur. And we are it's talking hard. about the Paris Fashion Week. That's true. That's shows. true. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Were you at Paris Fashion Week this year? I couldn't make it this year because oh, of gotcha. the p- schedule. Because <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, <'cause laughs> yeah, I agree. I'm not a big fur person. But in terms of faux fur, I think faux fur stuff, I have like a faux fur blanket and it is so soft and cozy. And I do think that like, I, I think faux fur for a time, for a time <laughs> was, you know, not as nice as it is now. Now I think they can really make very soft, very cool faux fur. So I'm going to give the faux jackets a yes, Dalja. I have a quick follow-up. Sure. Uh, Cause uh, especially for you, are you guys both vegan? No, no. no. Okay. Well, I grew up with a lot of vegans and straight edge as like yourself, Jonah and sure. all that. And um, one of the things they always said that always made me kind of lean in was, you know, if, if you kill it yourself, then yeah, eat it where it's fur, whatever. That was always a thing which doesn't quite go with the Buddhist books. Right. But ha- has a, a logic to it that I didn't understand as a 17 year old. But they were talking about that they had all read books about what a horrible industry the um, animal food and all that industry is and factories of of this stuff are especially bad it seemed crazy to stab a thing to death was okay to them but if you guys killed or someone killed their own 40 minks or whatever they're using 
would that fur coat be better to you? If like Gwyneth Paltrow was like, I killed all of these with BB guns and knives. I hung out on <laughs> muddy banks for the last six months and I have this coat. I stripped it, skinned it, sewed it together. Is that a, become a, a yes nostalgia? I don't know. You know, I watched this show. Have you ever seen this TV show alone? It's like, it's like a reality show where they, they drop people off it. in this really like desolate area and they have to like basically exist with like seven items for like hundreds of days and whoever like wins. And these people like are actually like killing animals and eating them and using the hides to survive. And yeah, that to me feels, I mean, it's also for a reality show, right? So it's like, if, so that, <laughs> so that's kind of weird. But, but I, I think in that sort of circumstance, you're like, okay, like you're using every part of this animal, like you're using this for your survival. Like these people talk about having respect for the animals and a lot of gratitude. And I think, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I think that's so much different than factory farming like you're talking about where like these horrible conditions it's just about money and, and saving a few cents so i think there's there's a difference but i don't know if that's really related to this or if that makes any sense i think if you're using the meat you're eating it and everything it's different than if you're just getting it for the fur yeah i think it's different but but i'm still giving it a nostalgia and and i got a feeling that i'm not going to be at any of those fashion shows because uh, I'm taking a stand right now. Wow. The fashion show will be different next year. But. So exclusive right now. And I don't know if they'll still be even doing the show at this point. Right. But you're going on record right now saying that y- yeah. you don't want to <laughs> go to the Paris Fashion Show 2022. Yeah, I'm going on record now. And I this is going to get picked up by a lot of places probably. This is going to be controversial. Yeah, so no one talk about least. this before the episode right. airs because it's like it's yeah. going to be kind of right. everywhere. Probably IndieWire. People <laughs> wow. are going to be fainting all over IndieWire's offices. <laughs> well, Mike, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm actually sad this is over, but we'll have to have you back and we can talk more about all these fun things that we'd love to talk about. I loved it. Thank you guys so much for having me. I had a blast. Mike, where can people kind of find out what you're doing find you online anything you're working on you want to promote well i have fun shows at places like dynasty typewriter and the elysian and great and i post about them on on twitter and instagram and what's your handle on twitter i'm mike o'brien xoxo i didn't know twitter would really end up being a thing (laughs) 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 they just told all the snl writers we had to do it when we got hired and then mike o'brien one two three four five on instagram (laughs) these aren't supposed to be jokes really okay I know. Uh, I've never had to say those out loud either. This is the no one asks me. (laughs) Once you're in your 40s, no one says, and and you want to plug your Instagram name? And yeah, I've never said that out loud. Thank you for saying it out loud here. Thank you for being here. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird? Where we will discuss more stories of our childhood and cultural milestones, like using UPC codes to buy things. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.